Hey bitches. If you're trying to avoid Gabriel stay away from the following cities at the following times because that is where he will be performing. April 7th to 10. Spokane, Washington. April 13th, Port Orchard, Washington. April 14th to 16th. Boise, Idaho. April 20th, Ballard. April 21st, Lacey. April 22nd, Inumpla. April 23rd, Longview. April 25th to 29, Las Vegas. April 30th, Bellingham, Washington. Nice routing dummy. For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links, go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. My wife works in an elementary school, and last week, a kid asked for a bathroom pass, and so she gave it to him, and then he came back almost immediately, and so she was like, did you go to the bathroom? And he was like, no, I just had to fart. So that's been bringing me some joy this week. You know, it's the little things that get you through. Driving home from SeaTac Airport. I was just on an airport shuttle with, uh, you know, sometimes you think, sometimes you have moments with your own children that make you glad that they're your children. And sometimes you have moments around other children that make you glad That kid is not your child. And that's what happened on the shuttle bus. Because some kid, I'm going to say second grader, I don't know, probably about the age you'd ask for a bathroom pass to fart. He was like, hey, mom, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. And she's like, well, I'm sorry, you have to go to school tomorrow. Because I have to go to work tomorrow, so you have to go to school tomorrow. And then the kid was like, if I, if you make me go to school, I'm going to scream all day, and then they'll kick me out of school, and I'll be homeless, and they'll blame you. Everyone will blame you that I'm homeless. It's like, holy shit. This eight-year-old is an absolute psychopath. Everyone on that airport shuttle bus crammed on there. No distancing. Uh, We were all pretending to look at our phones, but we were just listening to this crazy-ass kid. (laughs) Say things to his mom like, I don't want to hear it today. That's what he said to his mom. Anyway, that's every parent's worst nightmare is their child publicly humiliating them, and it does happen. I've been to some restaurants before where I'm like, out of respect for what my child has done to your restaurant, you will never see me again. But at least they don't threaten to purposely become homeless, so people will be mad at me. Uh, 
I had four shows in lovely Tucson, Arizona. I miss it already. I miss it already. It was 75 and sunny. I was walking around looking at cactuses. Now I'm back in shitty Washington State. 52 degrees and raining depression. Tucson is... Tucson's on my list of places I wish I lived. Um, Well, sometimes that list of places is anywhere but here. I'm going to scream all day and then I'll be homeless and everyone will blame you. Christy, that's what I tell my wife sometimes. Uh, Tucson is beautiful. It would make no sense for my comedy career to be centered out of Tucson. Phoenix I could do, uh, but Phoenix is less beautiful. I mean, they're both 120 in the summer, so that's not great, but Phoenix doesn't have the cool giant cactuses that Tucson does. I can't remember what they're called, but it takes 60 years for the first arm of the cactus to start growing. That's how slow those cactuses grow. It's like my comedy career, folks. That's how slow. My voice is a little blown out uh, from the dryness of Tucson, and then also I did long-ass shows. Uh, I, I agreed to do an hour a night when I took the gig because uh, so I could get a little extra money. They said they'd give me more money if I did an hour so they wouldn't have to book a middle act. And I was like, hey, if I can make more money and cost another comedian money, well, sign me up. My gain being someone else's loss is all I needed to hear. Uh, so uh, there was like no, it was basically uh, most of the shows, it was uh, a host did 15 minutes and then I did I did like an hour and 10. I did an hour and 17 minutes one night. That's, what am I, Dave Chappelle? Who the fuck needs to talk that long? Uh, but good times. Is this someone's phone alarm going off right now? <laughs> because what time is it? All right, if you got an alarm set for 8.31 p.m. <laughs> I think I speak on behalf of the whole room when I say, take your pill. <laughs> I, uh, I've been going to Tucson a long time. Uh, I've been doing comedy long enough that some of the places I've been going a long time, it's starting to be like a little embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> like someone after the show was like, is this your first time at this club? And I was like, no, I think I've been coming here since 2003. So, sorry you missed me the previous couple of decades, but I'm glad we got together now. They used to have uh, different owners. Uh, different owners, different time. It was Tuesday through Saturday back then. It's just Friday, Saturday now. When it was Tuesday through Saturday, it was a it was a wild club, man. It was like it was like they turned the lights off and we'd just stay in there drinking until four in the morning and doing other things. I just drank, but it was that kind of club. It was like a long, partying, fun-ass week. I'm sure it wasn't good for business. <laughs> I think it's probably better run now, but it was a good time. And they had one of the most notorious 
grossest comedy condos in comedy. It was this shithole apartment. Just crunchy, dirty carpet that had like those clear plastic runners that my grandma used to put on her carpet. But the carpet was so dirty, these clear plastic runners, it just looked like, I don't know, you were walking on a shit-stained aquarium. It was disgusting. Like, you never took your socks or shoes off. The bed was gross. Everything it was just so gross. The shower was just rotting. It moved when you were in it. Like, am I going to go through the floor? It was just so disgusting. But we're comedians. And so the owner would be like, everything okay at the condo? And we'd be like, yeah, it's great. It's great. Thank you so much, sir. May I have another? I tripped over a dead cockroach and landed on a live one. That's how good the comedy condo is. Thank you so much for providing it. One of my uh, Tucson comedy condo memories, well, I have a couple. I have a lot, but one, uh, I was with a guy who uh, brought a lady home one night and had sex with her on the floor of his bedroom in the comedy condo. And it was just... I mean, talk about rock bottom for that lady. I'm assuming I'm assuming she was drunk, but when she woke up and saw the floor, the blanket on the floor that she had slept on in that disgusting comedy condo, she had to be like, this is it. I have got to get my shit together. I just fucked the middle act. I have got to make some changes. I have another memory. I guess I won't say his name. But it rhymes with John Wesley Austin. Uh, he's still around. He still does comedy. I heard he's sober, which is good. Because he, uh, he was on a bit of a bender that week. There was a pool at the comedy condo that was... Uh, it's kind of hilarious because they had like senior aquatic classes in there and then uh, this John Wesley Austin character uh, I just remember seeing him in the pool drinking a Bud Light wearing a cowboy hat next to all these old ladies who are like knees up, push and move your hips and he's like how y'all ladies doing? By the way, don't, this is a secret. Don't say any of this stuff. If you listen to this podcast, keep a goddamn secret, all right? This is between you and me. But the point is, uh, I don't know a lot about him. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's doing great. He's still working. He must be funny. But he was on a bit of an alcohol bender uh, that week. Uh, we did morning radio. I recall, and the morning radio people actually said to him, uh, John, are you a little drunk still? And he was like, maybe a little bit. It was pretty funny. Seven in the morning, still drunk. Uh, the week after he was with me, uh, I learned from a different comedy club, uh, the week after he was with me, uh, I didn't, I didn't go to the next place. He went to a club in Albuquerque that's not there anymore. Um, and one time, uh, he showed up during that week. He showed up to the show without a shirt. 
like everything else, pants, cowboy boots, I'm going to assume in a buckle of some kind, cowboy hat, club owner's like, what the hell, man, are you, are you not wearing a shirt tonight, and he's like, ah, fuck, he just like, he's just so fucked up, he showed up without a shirt, had to go back and get one, uh, anyway, why am I talking about this, he's doing fine, everything's fine, everything's good. One of the uh, problems you have after a comedy show when you're a uh, stand-up comedian and you're whoring your merchandise is sometimes people want to talk to you, which don't, let me be clear about this, I also want to talk to people, especially if I know them, I do want to chat with you. Uh, And even if I don't know you, I don't mind chatting with you, but when there's people waiting to buy merch and you want to tell me about your funny cousin who kind of looks like me, who you think also could do stand-up comedy, uh, you are cock-blocking my profits. Uh, that's the only reason. That's the only reason I would ever get upset about it. There was people, I, a bunch of people, uh, who came to see me. In fact, someone came to see me uh, who, uh, at, one, at one point during the show, uh, I mentioned my son, and she just started laughing, and she knows my son. She was in the room when my son was born almost 20 years ago, because uh, she used to live in Olympia, and now she lives in Arizona. She just started laughing, uh, and so I said to the crowd, it's okay, she knows my son. I don't think they believe me, but anyway. He's actually, he's a freshman in college. He's been, he's been in college a while. He came home. <laughs> I want to talk to people. I, I want you to know I'm not being an asshole. I'm not like, please do not make eye contact with me after the show. I'm just saying sometimes people just kind of post up in front of the merch table uh, and they shut down sales a little bit. But I, this week I had a real wingnut lady who was like, uh, I don't know, maybe... <clears throat> seems like maybe she didn't pick up on social cues. I'm not sure what sort of neurodivergency we're talking about, but that's a possibility because she was telling me some really bad news while smiling, which is always a little off-putting. She walked up. She goes, I enjoyed the show. I just moved here from Arizona five months ago. I need the laugh. Because my husband died from COVID five months ago. All while smiling. She's smiling. My husband died while smiling. She's like, he had just found, he just found out he had a different last name than he thought he did right before he died. So he has all these relatives he never met, but they invited me to come down here and stay. I bet they regret that. She's like, I'm also an author. She's looking at my books. I'm also an author. I wrote 21 best-selling books. No, you didn't. Fucking John Steinbeck hasn't written 21 best-selling books. No one's written 21 good books. She gave me two cards. She did so much shit in her life. She had two cards. One for her Zoom school. uh, One for her books. It was so much information. And there's, like, people behind her. And I wanted to be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Can you keep it moving? 
That's terrible. That's a tragedy. Your husband died. But my books are $20. <laughs> Two for 30 if there's a death in your family in the last six months. So you're in luck. And then I talked to another comic. And I was relaying the story of this lady who just unloaded her life story on me in 30 seconds. Well, much longer than 30 seconds. And then the other comic was like, I met that lady. She told me the exact same story. She's just walking around podcasting to people. I mean, if you really want to talk about yourself, hook some headphones up to your phone. Get yourself a podcast. Get a Kia Rio. Call it the drive home. That's what we do. You don't unload it on the comedian who's trying to sell some fucking t-shirts. I had COVID. That's what I should have told that lady. My husband died from COVID five months ago. I should have been like, yeah, I had COVID. I never said that. Instead, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was very polite. I'm being a dick right now, but I want you to know I was very polite. I did have COVID. Uh, I'm a survivor, I guess. Uh, I mean, let's not make a big deal about it, but yeah, I, I'm a survivor. So, you know, if you want to call me a hero, that's fine. It's not that big a deal. It's not like I survived alopecia or anything, but... I'm a survivor. I actually... February 21st, I tested positive for COVID. And, uh... I actually feel very fortunate the timing of it kind of worked out because I was about to go to Canada. I was about to go to Calgary. I didn't... I didn't make an announcement. I kind of regret that. I didn't want to publicly say I have COVID. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but I'm just like, ah, what am I supposed to say? You know... Uh, do the Barack Obama thing that's like, I tested positive, I'm feeling okay, I'm thankful for the vaccine that's keeping me out of the hospital. Like, alright. I, I didn't want to do that, I just didn't want to, but I should have, I should have said something, because I thought, the club in Calgary, they just kept me on the website. They never said I canceled. I never said I can't. I got a couple emails from messages from people who were like, hey, we showed up and you weren't there. So I guess I probably should have made an announcement, but... I felt like shit. I just wanted to not deal with it. But what I feel fortunate about is... I felt like shit Sunday. I was going to fly out Monday. I felt like shit Sunday. I took a test. Tested negative. Did a show that night. Sorry. Got a standing ovation with COVID. Alright. I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. But I did feel like shit. Uh, Monday morning, I felt more like shit. And so I took a test at home. It was positive. I called the club. I told them I canceled. If I was negative that morning, I probably would have assumed I had a cold. I would have gone to Canada where I would have had COVID and then probably would not have been able to get home for a while. I would have had to quarantine for a certain amount of days. So, I'm very happy I did not get on the plane. I'm not happy I had a non-refundable airline ticket. Jet blue. Bastards. But, uh, 
I am, uh, I'm thankful I didn't end up going to Canada with some sort of international quarantine situation. I got almost everyone in my family sick. That part kind of sucked. <laughs> Just like, I mean, honestly, I can't believe it took me this long. I've been living my life like I wanted COVID. I mean, you couldn't pick a worse thing to do for a living than what I do if you're trying to avoid COVID. Just rooms full of people coughing and laughing in your face and, you know, packed rooms. And I I actually thought I must have had it asymptomatically and that was the only reason I'd never had it. I guess that wasn't true. Uh, I don't know where exactly I got it, but I'm pretty sure it was Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sorry, kids. Daddy brought some shit home from Idaho. Is it a present? Nope, something better. <coughs> My son did not get it. So either we got him back to college in time or uh, Moderna is better because he's the only one who has Moderna. Everyone else, Pfizer. Uh, I got it. My wife got it. My daughter's got it. Uh, my wife was fine. I don't understand this disease, man. Or is it a disease? I don't understand this virus. My wife doesn't have a thyroid. She was like early in line for every vaccine because I guess that makes you more susceptible to things. She had like, at worst, mild cold feelings. In fact, she had an actual cold two weeks later that was much harder on her than COVID was. My daughters, they had one day where they had fevers. They actually slept during the day. That's how you know they were sick. Other than that, they were pretty good. I got my ass kicked, man. I uh, I was down for a while. I mean, nowhere near going to the hospital. But I, I felt uh, pretty bad, pretty uh, exhausted, pretty beat up. Not frequent coughing, but, you know, kind of a deep, gross-sounding cough. And uh, I got better, sort of. <laughs> That's the bad thing, is I'm not, uh, I am not, like, 100%. Like, I'm okay. I'm doing everything. I don't feel ill. But, like, as far as sort of uh, lung power, I guess I kind of feel like uh, it comes and goes, but I kind of feel like I'm visiting Denver, Colorado. That's how it feels. Like, if I'm just sitting on the couch, which luckily I do a lot, I feel fine, but like I walk up a flight of stairs, and it's not like I'm gasping for air, but it just hits me like, oh, I'm a little more out of breath than I normally should be for an athlete in my condition. Uh, on stage, it's okay. I am a little more out of breath than I used to be, especially when I'm doing an hour and 17 minutes. You know, I can do everything. I'm okay. It's, but it is like, well, how long is this going to last? And I've kind of been conducting my own informal research. Obviously, we know long COVID is a thing. There's some people who have it so bad that they are, like, disabled now. I mean, there's people whose lives have been ruined from long COVID. Uh, I am luckily not in that category. But I've talked to a lot of people. There was, I talked to a guy who, he, he's a runner, and he was like, I couldn't run for two months after I got better. And he's like, I'm okay now. But it's like a long uh, process. So, look, I... I'm hoping that happens, and again, uh, I feel okay most of the time. I can still 
do everything. Let's be honest, Gabriel Rutledge at 95% is still quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been better for, I haven't had it for like over a month, so it does kind of like, you know, I'll go a whole day and I'll be like, oh, I think I feel like, and then like the next day I'll be like, nah, I still, all right, maybe I'm still a little out of breath. And I also, I have a, it's gotten better, but I have like a low, very low grade congestion. Like not that I have to blow my nose, but just a little bass in my voice, a little, uh, that kind of thing. That is also apparently very common after COVID that that can linger around for a couple of months. So I'm like, man, what a weird ass virus. And of course I'll never know, but, uh, I do kind of feel like now that I definitely know I had it, uh, I feel like I had it in January 2020. I always suspected I did, but it just felt very similar. It felt very similar. Um, So it doesn't matter. I mean, who cares if I did or not? But uh, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is is I'm a a two-time COVID survivor. So, what, you didn't get it? You haven't had COVID, you pussy? I say live your life in a way that you don't know where you got COVID. That should be a Toby Keith song. I love this virus. Can I admit something about coronavirus that I don't think a lot of people are admitting? I'm going to admit that I have had every feeling you can have about coronavirus. In the last two plus years, I have felt everything. My own opinions have switched back and forth so many times. I have looked at people not wearing a mask and thought, what are you doing, you moron? I have looked at people who are wearing a mask and I have thought, what are you doing, you moron? I have thought, I'm glad I live in a state where our governor is being so cautious. I have also thought, I wish I lived in a state where our governor wasn't being so cautious. I have felt all the things. I mean, I should be an advocate for being more cautious. I'm just, I'm telling you right now, I'm not even back to 100% from having COVID in in, uh, February. But I also, I don't know, I see people I just don't know how we can, the world can function in the safest way possible, because that's never the way the world has functioned. I see people, uh, mostly online people, but uh, there's someone I follow on Twitter who seems like COVID has really put them in a bad place mentally. A lot of anxiety. Look, there's some reason to be anxious. I recently met a lady whose husband died of COVID five months ago. And she was a best-selling author of 21 books. That shit's out there. I'm not saying there's not reason to be cautious. But she tweeted something the other day that was like, I have a dentist appointment to go to next month, and I'm terrified. I hope they wear masks and are cautious. And I just thought, wow, you're still there? 
Like, we can't be there anymore. First of all, dentists wore masks in 2019. I don't know if it was for germs or this. They didn't want to deal with our breath, but... Like, you can't live a life if you're still at the level where you're, like, washing your groceries and worried about having to leave the house. I mean, that just seems... Wow. Uh, and I don't know anything, and I'm not talking about science. I'm just talking about human nature, and I think I think we've, <laughs> I think we've done what we can do. And, uh, you know, some of it worked, some of it didn't work, but uh, we're fucking done. We... You know, I guess unless there's some strain that gets really deadly. I think we just got to live with this thing. And I don't even think that's the wrong thing to do. I think maybe that's what time it is. It's time to live with this thing. Uh, Especially now that it's somewhat milder. Uh, But still, I don't know. Why did I even talk? Why did I start talking about COVID? When that lady told me she was a best-selling author of 21 books, I was like, well, I'm a selling author. I'm one word away from being best-selling. Also, is that a personal best-selling? I sold four. It's my personal best. I was not going to talk about Will Smith, Chris Rock, the slap. I was not going to talk about it, but then uh, I was a guest on a different podcast uh, called the Toasted Marshmallow Adventures podcast. Uh, When I was in Tucson, I did a little Zoom podcast recording uh, with Chris and Wendy on that podcast, and they asked me about the slap. And so I thought, well, with their permission, by the way, I'll just play, I'm going to play you what I said uh, about that uh, on their podcast. I'm just going to play a clip from their podcast, and I'll also put a link to the episode if you want to hear the full episode uh, in my episode notes. Um, Because it's not that I said everything perfectly that I wanted to say uh, about that incident, but I got a lot of it out, and so, uh, I didn't feel like saying it again. So, uh, I'm gonna play that. Let's talk about the slap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> what did, what did, what was your take on that? Well, I, my overall take is, uh, like I am a, my wife is an elementary school paraeducator, and my overall take is hitting is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's kind of wild to me how some of this is being spun, not a lot, but some. Some of it is being spun as it's almost like this honorable thing he did to defend his wife. Yeah. And I think that is preposterous. I think he embarrassed his wife by doing that. Like she's a wildly successful, yeah, incredibly attractive woman who does not need her dipshit husband with an anger problem <laughs> to like run on stage and like do some sort of so that 
that part of it bothers me a little bit. I will say it was kind of a weird joke from Chris Rock. It was kind of dumb. It was a 90s movie reference. I don't know if he was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was riffing because he had said a couple of jokes that got a really good response. And maybe he just was like, oh, I'm going to go for a little crowd work while I'm up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it it's a pretty wild reaction. And I, I, uh, I love Chris Rock. Chris Rock is if not my favorite, one of my most favorite comedians of all time. Yeah. And uh, I, any sort of slander on him other than it was kind of a dumb joke is I think wildly off base and wildly uh, just the almost like, well, I've heard some people say uh, probably white people, but I've heard some people say you don't talk about a black woman's hair. One of the reasons I know that is because I watched a documentary Chris Rock made called Good Hair. That oh, is no. about black women's hair. It's about it's about the economics of it, where it comes from, weaves and all that stuff. It's like you I don't yeah. when Chris Rock is being called into question for like his contributions to being African American. Yeah. I'm like, what the what the fuck are we doing? Where how how did we get to this place where look and some of it's overstated. Some of it's like I'm not more worried about people doing stuff to me on stage because that threat was always there. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. you can find clips on YouTube of things going wrong if you look for them. Right. Yeah. And not with me, but necessarily, but just in general. But yeah. it's when we lose like when people are like, why would you make fun of anyone? You're like, I don't know, because we're human. Because <laughs> yeah. that's part of what humor is. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in a weird way, what was more disturbing to me than the Chris Rock? Well, no, that was disturbing because it's literally assault, you know? Yeah. yeah. But there was, I don't, it's the internet, so you don't know how much is real and how much is just people typing stuff to get you riled up what yeah. sort of Ru- Russian bot I was responding to, who knows. But <laughs> yeah. the Amy Schumer did a bit in the Oscars that was about seat fillers. She was talking about how oh, there's seat fillers at the Oscars. And and she's like, oh, here's one right here. And it was Kristen Dunst, um, who was obviously a famous lady yeah. actress who is not a seat filler. Right. And she goes, hey, will you move? I can talk to this guy who was her husband and it's like, it's a joke, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, a, a joke that Kristen Dunst was in on. Why do you think she got up? Why yeah. do you think, but there were literally people online who were like, that was so disrespectful oh. to Kristen Dunst. And I'm like, we've lost our minds yeah. if we're not looking at what jokes are mm-hmm. and what, yeah. I mean, the hosts of the Oscars made jokes about Will and Jada's open marriage in the beginning. That's on the table, but you have a shaved head, isn't? Right. Yeah. On right, the right. table. And I don't I don't under I don't understand that how what to me is a very simple, sad thing mm-hmm. of like this guy maybe has some mental problems and he clearly lost his shit. Yeah. And he kind of humiliated Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. In a, you know, I think Chris Rock comes out looking okay, but I mean, he got slapped in front of a, bil- a billion people, yeah, <laughs> who have seen it at this point, and it, it, so it's just that 
that thing. But if, but if one of the results of that is it, it's like people are pretending like they don't understand what a joke is. And I, I don't believe them. You're full right. of shit. You're full of shit. If you yeah. are, if you really, I don't think anyone really thinks Amy Schumer's being mean. I think you're playing a character for yourself or something. It's like, even if you're not on stage, part of being, if you're married to someone, part of what keeps you together is talking shit about the people you know. <laughs> yeah. So of we course do that, in that bed is every night. Yeah, that's it's also like, oh my god, you see so and did you hear what so and so said today? Are you yeah. kidding? That's it's just a part. It's a part of human nature. Maybe it's not our best part, but it's like it's not. Comedy is not who we wish we were. Comedy is who we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 like, hey, let's do jokes on how I wish humanity was. Well, that's not funny. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah. That's not funny. And to 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 be like there's I go on Twitter and it's like Chris Rock's ableist comments talking to, you know, she's disabled and I'm like, "I'm sorry. When I don't recall ever giving money to the, to the alopecia walk. When was that? When, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm glad I don't have it. I don't, it's fine. It's like, I'm not saying it's easy to have it, but I'm like, we got to calm down a little bit Yeah. Uh, yeah. about, uh, uh, about things like that. So it, it's, it's pretty wild. It was fun when it, happened on twitter i kind of felt like twitter's back this is fun <laughs> like it was like everyone everyone yeah. and then like day two it's the think pieces oh yeah do you know what i mean what this really means and yeah. what it means to this and you're like that's ah, not fun anymore it's just you know what i mean it's down <laughs> yeah. to yeah we're how much analyzing of a guy losing his temper and assaulting a man do we yeah. need to do because yeah. everything has everything has backstory Everything is like, you know, uh, so it's it's uh, at this point, I just feel kind of uh, saddened by the whole thing because it's um, it's just a I think it's it's kind of an embarrassment to. I'm not in that industry, uh, the Hollywood industry, but it's like, man, talk about an out of touch yeah group of people where that yeah. and then they give them a standing ovation i know yeah are you look you don't know how you're going to react in a situation and i've definitely in my life not reacted how i wished i would have in situations yeah. but i would like to think i would have the wherewithal to be like okay this guy just slapped the shit out of one of the best comedians of all time Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> not gonna clap for him if yeah. he wins this oscar yeah let alone stand definitely up. not standing <laughs> yeah. well he's he's rambling about being a vessel of love or some horse shit like what are you're out of your mind <laughs> you know so i i i, I just but i think the fact because it's actors right mm-hmm. and i don't i i know some actors i don't want to be mean but it's like i feel like when you're at the Oscars, you're in a play. Oh, okay. And yeah. actors know whatever happens in the play, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whatever, someone forgot their lines, a phone rings in the audience, whatever, you just keep going. And it was like, well, something weird just happened, but the show must go on. He won an Oscar. I'm going to stand and clap for him. I'll do my part. Yeah. And I, 
And I almost feel like that shows how phony it all is Mm -hmm. because that shows if Will Smith had not slapped Chris Rock and they gave him a standing ovation, it would have been just as phony. It would have meant just as little. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. it's all bullshit they're all yeah, yeah for, who saw that fucking movie by the way <laughs> i didn't even know it existed do you know what i mean i'm like yeah, i hadn't oh, heard of it <laughs> i might want to watch that like, <laughs> yeah jane no the one oh, the, the williams oh, sisters oh, yeah. one oh I didn't, yeah i've I, never uh, heard of it i'm like yeah. well that seems interesting gi <laughs> jane i'm sure is way up in streams oh this i'm week. sure yeah yeah, right. yeah everyone's <laughs> watching it now that was I was my, that amazed was... at how Chris Rock handled himself. I mean, just stay absolutely, there. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And there's when you watch the when you the other feeds that didn't cut out, he goes, he gets slapped. He goes, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me or yeah, whatever. I saw that. And then he says, he goes before he kind of goes back into attempting to read the script. Yeah. He he goes, man, I could. And then he didn't say anything. (laughs) And that's the thing where I, I, that's a lot of restraint. Yeah. Because Chris Rock knows how to make fun of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he knows how to make fun of a shitty rapper who is Mm -hmm. in a terrible TV show whose (laughs) wife fucks his son's friend. (laughs) Right. He knows how to do that at a level that, few on the planet do oh yeah especially yeah. when you're cornered all your instincts as a comedian are like when you get cornered you get near mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, and he i think out of respect to the event and the other people and everything else he just didn't do it so you yeah. think in that moment if everything flashed in about what he could do <laughs> when he like, when he know. yeah when he goes man i could <laughs> and didn't nope. <laughs> you know and how about that uh, poor quest love won an oscar you know he's up there crying about the greatest moment of his life about some beautiful story and everyone's just like what the fuck just happened with old smith like, no <laughs> yeah you know? so it, it's it's yeah that's uh that's quite a move to uh and we'll see we'll see what happens uh as time goes forward i'm sure there's a road to redemption for yeah, there is. I'm yeah, sure there is. Will at some point, but it is that facade of like he was like one of the most likable people in I the know. world. That's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. He even has an old song called "Mr. Nice Guy." But oh yeah, I, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> no, no, he's. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do think there's. Can we stop? I mean, there are nice people in the world. I like to think I'm one of them, but can we stop? glorifying how nice people are because how many times are we going to be realized that like everyone is imperfect and everyone is the more the more pub the more public you are about just how great you are and how nice you are it's like the more the more weird shit is boiling underneath you uh (laughs) do you know what i mean to make that effort come out (laughs) yeah let's let's start respecting some of our celebrities who, when you ask them for an autograph, tell you to fuck off. Let's start. <laughs> yeah. Let's start respecting them because they're being real. Yeah. Yeah. True. And true. and they might be nice to the people they care about and the people they love about, but they're not playing some weird public game where they think, you know, um, it. And I I do think there's something to that. Don't get me wrong. I think there's some people who seem like so authentically 
uh, nice. Like I would be really surprised if Tom Hanks slapped the shit out of somebody. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know, I, I'm as surprised that Will Smith did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The thing that kind of, well, sucked for us a little bit. We did a podcast uh, a few nights ago, and at the end, um, there were four comics in the room with us. Uh, I was in person, and at the end, um, one of the comics walks up to the other one and just gives him, like, it was all in fun and everything, yeah. smacks him on the head just a little bit and because uh, he was saying something dumb. And uh, well, we put a clip out of it, but I really wanted to just isolate that part and say something like um, – you know, Chris Rock isn't the only one getting slapped these days or something like that. Right, and right. Prior to this event, I think I could have put that out. Uh, but now I ask Wendy, I was like, should I, I like, put this no. out? <laughs> Don't do yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, contentious time for things like that. And I also want to, I do want to say, it is actually never my intention to hurt anyone. Yeah, same same <laughs> you know, i don't i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings i don't i've said things on stage that i i've said things on stage i regretted so quickly i apologize to the person after i said them oh wow <laughs> i i this is from a decade ago but i still remember it some guy was saying something and i i go I go, what's that fattest guy in the room? (laughs) And and then I go, it just came out, man. And then I go, I'm sorry I said that. That was really shitty. That was really. (laughs) And not only that, you're not. You're not. I'm not going to point out who is. (laughs) But I mean, I don't I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't. There's probably too much talk about punching down. Mm, in yeah. general and also you're not punching down to a m- m- very famous beautiful millionaire that's punching down right <laughs> that 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 didn't make sense to me but it it is every joke has a victim that's the reality yeah. even if 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 it's a joke about myself if it's a joke about um anything any joke has a victim and if it's a victim that's not personal to anyone it's easier to to do but it's like it's it's uh if it's an embarrassing story about yourself you're the victim right you know if every joke has a victim and there's just no way really around that so this idea of like let's all these brilliant comedians let's just change what humor is because uh, because sometimes it hurts people's feelings you're like well okay that's (laughs) i guess you didn't see ricky gervais's thing when he when he did the emmys you know, because it was all me. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can yeah. Be, yeah, he can you be know. pretty harsh, but he's I always funny him. usually. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fun. It's fun to poke fun. We're poking fun at at vacant celebrities who make a ton of money for doing yeah. make believe. Like Yeah, right. Yeah. That's why I can never get too serious about comedy because I'm like, I what the fuck is this life I even have where I just, I'm traveling yeah. around telling so stories. Awesome. What do I have to complain about? Really? Like, Oh, that guy got something I didn't get or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's still, you have to pull back and go like, this is a silly, silly blessed life. Yeah. And if I have to do that, then the Smiths really have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, definitely. 
but yeah, anyway, you probably shouldn't ask me that question. It really no, unleashed a lot. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Also, we know so much about that family that we don't need to know. We we know. Yeah. Yeah. We know they're, they're in an open marriage. We know all these things because they have told us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's 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 weird to be like we're going to be wildly public about things that frankly aren't your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then wildly sensitive about alopecia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. That doesn't true. make any that doesn't make any sense to me. It's all or nothing. You can't you yeah. can't you can't sit down at the red table and be like, we have sex with other people. Here's how it makes us feel. And Don't then be like, how dare you even talk to us about yeah. any I'm like what? Uh, that's <laughs> not how you can't make all the rules as you go along. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I hadn't Definitely. thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. There you go. Another rambling dum-dum with an opinion about people he knows nothing about. You're welcome. What I mean, by the way, what I mean when I say every joke has a victim is like there's a mean part of every joke. Uh, For example... On that same podcast that I just played a clip from, Chris and Wendy were telling me a story about how they were trying to get their steps in and they walked to the Home Depot somewhat near their house. They bought a shovel and then they walked home. And then we on the podcast made jokes about how it looks to be walking down the side of the road while holding a shovel. And we had a good chuckle. Well... The reason it's funny to be seen walking down the side of the road holding a shovel is because it looks like you're going to go bury a body. Because someone was murdered. That's why it's funny to see someone walking down the road holding a shovel. Because you're like, ha ha, it looks like they murdered someone and they're going to go bury him in the woods. Ha ha. Murder is awful. Murder is the worst thing in the world. I think. I don't know. Is it a contest? Murder is clearly awful. But we still chuckle because these this nice married couple was carrying a shovel down the road. Should we have said, "Oh, we shouldn't have laughed about that. Murder's serious." Should we have said, "Boy, it, it looked funny." carrying a shovel next to the side of the road, but just so you know, we support all victims, family members of murder victims. It is nothing to laugh at. A portion of the proceeds from this podcast will go to the victims. No, no, you just go, ha shovel murder. <laughs> That's what jokes are. Even if they're not about murder, even if it's silly. Someone's being dumb in a joke. I mean, usually most of my jokes, it's me. But from now on, all of my jokes are going to be about Jada Pinkett Smith. No, they're not. It was re- what a what a galvanizing moment for the world, though. Everyone was talking about it. Hey. I think Saturday Night Live did a joke comparing it to the Janet Jackson nipple incident, and that's what it got. Everyone was talking about it. 
I was at lunch with my friend in Tucson. We were talking about it. The table next to us, I heard them talking about it. My taxi, not my taxi. <laughs> what is this? 2002, my Uber driver in Tucson. We talked about it on the way to the airport. By the way, so bizarre, it came out I was a comedian because I said so immediately. I'm like, I'm a comedian. I'm very famous and I'm a two-time COVID survivor. No, it it came out. And uh, he said, oh, my godfather is Richard Pryor. Holy shit, I had this Uber driver last time I was in Tucson. Same guy. Same guy. So wild. Uh, anyway, we talked about it. Everyone was talking about it. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to not talking about it. So, I'm sorry I added to the discourse. My friend John was the friend I went to lunch with. He came down from Flagstaff, where he lives. And, uh, man maybe oldest friend in the world besides my wife uh known it since high school we were in bands together it's always a little it's kind of relaxing to be with someone who's that old of a friend because you're with someone who truly knows who you are or at least who you were if I meet someone now, I can give them a version of myself that took 48 years to get to. But I can't show that to John, because John's like, I met you when we were 17. We could cancel each other with the amount of shit we know about each other. Okay? It's the way the United States is with Russia and nuclear weapons. We both have so many, no one will use them. He truly knows who I am. In my formative years, uh, he was there, you know? You're not, you're not just looking at a, a house that was built. You're like, I remember when this house was being constructed. You can't tell now, but the foundation is shit. mostly built on smoking pot out of beer cans and drinking wine coolers. I know the truth about this house. This house was a Christian virgin when I met it. Christian virgin is my favorite kind of virgin. Secular virgin, you're just like, well, that's just sad. So it, it's fun. It's fun. I had that thought. It's, re it's really fun talking to your oldest friends because of that reason, but it's also as age moves on. Uh, it's a little melancholy. It's a little sad because it's just like, you know, you start talking about old stories and old people on the amount of dead people that we talk about. And this is at 48. I mean, 58, 68, 78, if we're lucky enough. Holy shit. When the amount of people you know who are dead is more than the amount of people you know who are alive. Uh, I guess that's why you start walking in the mall in the morning. <laughs> Just to get away from the ghosts. 
Well, that's a depressing way to wrap up a podcast, but uh, I think that's it. <laughs>